This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, Emerson Lake and Palmer, the audio performance you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We do not recommend gambling with money you cannot afford to lose or that is needed to pay bills. If you have a gambling problem, contact your problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and provide it to you. Our host, past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including his own. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Rambling Gambler. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Welcome to episode 116, 116 of our Casino Combat Podcast. Full disclosure, there will not be seven virgins and a mule to wrap things up today, but move along, move along. This episode marks the start of year four of our podcast, four years of attempting to teach folks how to be good at the game of casino gambling. I'll do the battle plan for the episode in just a minute, and I've got some great news from the Casino Combat Galaxy to share with you as well. But before we do all that, I want to take just a minute or two and do a bit of anniversary reflection. Much to my surprise... This podcast has become a variety of things. It was intended as a teaching tool because I knew from experience that I had some unique things to teach others about gambling. And I have found many students by doing this. And I'm flattered that I was right and I had something to teach that others found value in learning. That is, uh, that is a wonderful thing. You, you don't start this and, and put time and passion into it because you're hoping to make that eight-tenths of a cent for the commercial when people listen, that's, that's not certainly the core of what this was about. I wanted the podcast to pay for itself. I'd like to make a profit. That's all wonderful. That's all great. But I I really am so happy that not only did people listen, but that I get notes that say, I I only lose when I don't do what you taught. I I get a real, a real uh, sense of satisfaction out of people being better at what we all choose to do by virtue of me deciding to do this podcast. But it's fascinating to me the other things this has become, some of which I wanted and hoped for, thought maybe could happen, some of which were kind of unexpected. Our podcast has become a beacon that attracts like-minded gamblers who want to help each other perfect our craft. And without throwing any shade on my good friend Gabriel, the Archangel of Casino Combat, while I very much wanted to teach others what I knew when I started this, I also wanted to find a group of Gabriel upgrades that I could discuss ideas with. Gamblers who would make me think, make me better. Gamblers I could learn from. That has happened, and I am blessed that a number of like minds have become friends and counselors. People who bring me their ideas and listen when I have undeveloped ideas that I want opinions on. Our podcast has proven that the techniques and ideas that I developed mostly for beating the game of blackjack work just as well at beating other 50-50 wagers. Had I not done this podcast, I'm not sure I would have explored and understood how beatable craps is as a game, 
or how efficient it is to beat the game using a bubble craps machine. Our podcast has become a large-scale data collection and analysis tool. Whether it's bubble craps tier credits processes, using TRG4 on sports bets, or determining the best possible positive exit number, this is more than just me and what I know and what I see. This has become what we know and what we see. There's a lot more data because we know other people are getting similar results to my own because they're doing record keeping and sharing their results with me and with us. Our podcast has very literally changed people's lives. It has certainly changed my life. Around this time two years ago, my oldest son and my wife both said somewhat independently that they always just assumed that while yes, I did win money and pay bills with it, that I eventually lost all of what I had won and more back over a period of months. It was only because of the strict record keeping I felt compelled to do as part of this effort that they understood I actually was winning consistently and believed that I was actually winning consistently. That is a big change in my life. You, you cannot imagine what a big change to my life that has been. And that's because of this podcast. But other lives have been changed as well. Cell phone bills are being paid every month with bubble crap winnings in Kansas. Vacations are being taken and paid for with gambling winnings. And because gambling skill creates invitations for free vacations. More and more people are gambling with a plan, a purpose, and a goal because of our podcast. When you start something like this, you hope someone, anyone will listen and appreciate what you've created. You refresh your screen constantly and celebrate each listen one by one. I remember very clearly when we reached 100 plays. That was amazing. A hundred times someone had wanted to listen somewhere across the globe to what I had to say sitting in my house locked down. And the next milestone was having 100 plays happen in 10 days across all the episodes. That was huge. I'm saying to Mrs. TRG, we got 100 and it only took 10 days. That's amazing. And then slowly, 10 plays in a week across all the episodes just became standard. And then became something that I didn't even notice. Today, I don't even pay attention to how many plays the entire portfolio gets in a week or a day. The milestone we have just crossed is that when a new episode is published, it has over 100 listens in the first 24 hours or less. Absolutely amazing. So, thank you, thank you, thank you all very much. And in reality, this is just getting started. When I look at it from the point of view of now versus in, in the first three years and where we are now, we are just getting started. We are growing and growing faster and faster. And that is because of all of you. That is because all of you tell other people what you like about this and other people listen as well. I appreciate each and all of you so very, very much. If this isn't your next time, if this is just your first time, you are very welcome. We are very, very happy that you have joined us and we hope you will stick around. You picked a great first episode to sample. I'm going to go back into the archives and do a core concept segment based on the same segment in episode one. We will see how those ideas could have been expressed more eloquently and see how well they have stood or not stood the test of time. I will share that I've always thought that the sound that we came up with for, and we, I mean T-Rex, let's face it. He said, do you like this? And I said, yes, he did all the work on those. But I really thought the gambling with Gabriel sound for his segments were really superior to what we had done before we even started recording anything, uh, the roulette uh, piece to intro the core concept segment. Gabriel's cards, dice, fireworks, T-Rex did a great job on that. So while Gabriel and I are still very, very good friends and, and talk and text regularly, our gambling schedules and our games of choice have evolved in very, very different directions. Often he is leaving the casino when I'm entering, and he's playing craps, and I'm leaning much more toward bubble craps and blackjack. And so I'm going to put that sound, that sound that I really like, at the start of our core concept segments going forward instead of the roulette sound. And we're going to use that. And if we need some gambling with Gabriel sound, we'll figure out something else for Gabriel if he and I have some, some fun times together that, uh, that we can share. 
So after I finish the core concept segment with the new sound, we are going to have a moment of casino wisdom and reflect on probably the most important casino wisdom, both for emphasis in this anniversary episode and some of the ways I apply it in real life using techniques I've learned from the casinos themselves. Then it's a quick results segment to cover a couple weeks of gambling before we adjourn to the virtual VIP lounge for a story involving some people with coincidentally interesting call signs and some of the craziest blackjack I've ever seen plays. Our big news this episode from the squad is that we have an addition to the Excelsior Brigade. We need to welcome Buckeye Pug Pop, and I'm still not sure if that should be BP or BPP, or BP squared. I kind of like BP squared, I guess. We'll see. Anyway, Buckeye Pug Pop is a friend of Excelsior Brigade member Alabama Renegade, and he was actually at the table with AR when that dealer was, let's say, altering the game rules in favor of the players. An excellent example of you folks doing what I can't, spreading the word that our podcast exists and has value to you. So happy to welcome him. The Excelsior Brigade is now 14 members strong. That's in addition to the 10 members of the Inner Circle. If you are interested in joining as well, everything is explained in episode 22. Episode 22. And we're at 116. Boy, that was a long time ago. The entire thing is a great example of how fortunate I am that all of you decided that this was something worth involving yourself with, so thank you one more time. All right, let's dive in and get started. Let's do a retro Core Concepts segment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. A little more than three years ago, I wrote the first ever Core Concepts segment. I thought I'd pull it out today and see how well it has aged. And I'm going to do this without rereading first and just kind of comment as I go. At least that's the intent. So I'm probably going to ramble. That would be on brand. And uh, let's uh, let's see what I what I wrote and then subsequently said to all of you in episode one. I said. Casino combat is a strategy for winning against the casino, but not so much in the war sense, but more in the amateur wrestling sense. I don't want to destroy and defeat casinos. I need them and I enjoy them. But here is the great thing. If you understand my approach and put it into play, casinos are a willing partner in the process. That's what I love about them. If you go into a casino and play $50 a hand Baccarat and win 10000 in chips, when you take them to those chips to the cage, they will ask if you want it in cash or cashier's check or on a casino account. If you say cash, they will count out 10000 in cash and ask you if you want an escort to the car. They won't be angry. They won't be upset. In fact, they will send you something in the mail in a few weeks and offer you a meal or concert tickets or free money to come back and gamble with. And they will do that over and over as long as you are not cheating. And if you win $100,000, the exact same thing will happen, except they will offer you a free briefcase to carry your winnings in if you select the cash option. I know because I've done the $10,000 thing with Blackjack instead of Bakra, and I've seen the $100,000 thing done. Pause. Comment. Um, there's not much to find fault with there. <laughs> there really isn't. Uh, maybe a bit of a humble brag. But I still run into people today. I run into people today couple times a month that are convinced that if you win money, the casino will try to do something to you. That there will be some type of punishment 
for winning. It is a revelation to many people that if you win, the casino's reaction is to say, here's your money. And then a short time later to say, basically, thank you for taking our money. Would you please come back and try again? Still true today. And I still run into people that think it's not. Here's what I wrote next. So here is the entire process in a nutshell. What do we come to know these? This is fascinating. I didn't even put a name on it. I said, so here's the process in a nutshell. Learn to play a casino game with a minimum house advantage. Learn a betting strategy that includes both progressive and regressive components. Have a bankroll of money you can afford to lose that is large enough for the size of bets you choose to make. Get a player's card from the casino. Now here is the tricky part. Play your game of choice until you have won a set amount that is small and manageable. For example, use 150 to win 150 and leave. If you lose two-thirds of what you've started with, leave. Return in a day or two and repeat the process. And okay, admit, I probably got a little cute, too cute here, but what the heck. Does that sound like not enough? Not worth your time? Okay, it might not be. I don't know your bank account, but if you go to a casino four times a week, on three visits you win 150, on the fourth you lose 100. Over the course of the year, you will profit $18,200. And here's the better part. That casino will start giving you gifts, meals, money to gamble with, hotel rooms, tickets to music and sporting events. They will assign you a host who will be your personal concierge if you need something from the casino. And it's here that we see the final part of the casino combat approach to casino life. This is just one example of just one month a few years ago. And you know, I'm sorry, this is me digressing. This is me being me. Um, I probably tell this story once a month. The one number changes a bit, I guess, in reading this. But uh, I probably tell this story once a month to illustrate to people how they can do what I do. Or more importantly, perhaps to them, why what I do works. So I said, here's just one example of one month a few years ago. Over the course of the month, the casino treated the lovely Mrs. TRG and I to five meals, mostly brunches. They provided us with a variety of deeply discounted craft cocktails prepared by bartenders who literally developed specific drinks for both my wife and I that were unique to us. They even named one of them the TRG Teeny, as it started to be asked for by other guests. They gave me four minor gifts with a retail value of roughly $30. They gave me four $20 state lottery tickets. They gave me a watch worth $100 retail. I had gambled and had fun for many hours over the course of the month. At the end of the month, I had lost and spent $200. And I think, boy, when I tell that story, I think the $200 is actually accurate as I'm reading my own words. I usually think I, think I usually tell that story now with $100 instead of $200. That's interesting. I didn't realize I'd made that mental edit. See, I've told you all all over and over and over again that the human mind remembers what it wants to remember sometimes, and I didn't even remember my own story correctly, but I continued. <laughs> I say lost and spent because I really don't know how much it, of which it was, and I really don't care. You tip the guy who parks the car. You pay for the drinks required by state law in my state. You tip after the free meals. You tip the young lady who hands you a bottle of water. The reality is that I probably tipped more than $200 during the month and won part of the tips by gambling. Bottom line, I had $200 less in my casino pocket. Yes, keep that money separate from real money. That was good advice. That was really good advice. Now look at me with the good advice. I lost for the month. Now, I wasn't concerned. I had won more than that the month before. But I ask you, who won and who lost here really? Did I lose? If I had bought the meals, drinks, gifts, and lottery tickets at my local mall, I'd have been out much more than $200 and I'd have had less fun. I say I won. I beat the casino. And here is the kicker. A few days into the next month, my casino host calls and asks if in three weeks Mrs. TRG and I would like to fly cross-country and stay at another property they own for the weekend. They were paying for the flight, transportation, hotel, several meals, all the drinks, and tickets to see my local team play baseball against a division rival. I ask you again. I lost and spent $200, but who won the month? That is a great point. At, at its base, while I am always trying to gamble for a profit, and while I enjoy a very nice lifestyle because I am able to gamble well, a casino combat win is about losing maybe a little once in a while. You've seen me do that. That's certainly true. But losing some once in a while, but having so much more back in comps and gifts that if you gave up a little, it doesn't really matter. 
That's a good question. Who won the month? Obviously, I won the month. And the script from that first episode says, but, 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 TRG, that's a lot to take in. I don't know how to do that. I understand. Honestly, each item in the list of core concepts could be a podcast in and of itself. <laughs> that's me laughing at me. And I promise if you stick with me, I'm going to break down all of those individual items in detail for you. I've spent over 30 years learning all of this, and I know I still have more to learn. You are not going to learn all of it in one episode of one podcast. But it's a pandemic. We have time. And this pandemic is going to give you an opportunity to see all of this start from scratch. Interesting. All in all, I think that held up pretty well. I really do. And boy, we have come back to those core... <laughs> this is funny. Do you know that all the way back in episode one, Concepts was spelled with a C, not a K? Because I wrote this before I bought the domain. I didn't even spell things the same way back then. But other than that, this has held up well. We have seen months where some money was lost, but we got more than that amount back in comps, and it really didn't matter in the big picture. And it certainly was a pandemic, and we certainly did have time. And the pandemic certainly allowed me to show you things from a variety of points of view. And we have come back to these core concepts over and over. As listeners, you certainly did get to see me develop a comps and gifts relationship with our home casino, Casino 2. I have certainly lived a casino lifestyle that, very frankly, was more than I could have imagined when I wrote these words years ago. And clearly, I didn't realize how much more I had to learn. Doing this with all of you has been a wonderful education and has taught me many things I didn't know. If I was going to do a Core Concepts 2.0, and I'm getting ready to right now, I might change a few things. So let's take a look at that before we finish up this segment. This, I think, is how, and I'll make some comments along the way, but this is how I think I would frame some of this today. Learn a game with a minimum house advantage. That's where I started. And it sounded overly stuffy and convoluted the first time. And every time after that, you all seem to understand it. You all seem to know what I meant. But learn a game with a minimum house advantage. The minimum part there, it's just, it's, it's wordy and it's a bit confusing. Today, I think for 2.0, version 2.0 of the core concepts, I would say, learn to play one of the four casino games with wagers where the house only has a small advantage over the players and a reasonable amount of tier credits are awarded for playing the game. That would be Blackjack, Baccarat, Craps, or Roulette. And then let's you and I be honest with each other. Roulette kind of barely makes the list. That's a numbers thing, and you'd be... It, roulette would have to be forced on you as your game of choice by them eliminating a lot of other things. I don't see any other way that would happen. But that's how I'd rewrite that now. The next one, learn a wagering process that includes both progressive and regressive attributes. That's how I'd write that today. I'm not, over time, I'm not really sure I love the term betting strategy. That's what I said originally. Learn a betting strategy. Wagering process sounds much better. Betting strategy sounds a bit scammy. If I was doing things again, it would be TRG wagering process or TRG wagering template one, two, three. I think I'd have avoided betting strategy, betting system. People don't hear those well, in my experience. I'd I'd have done that one differently. We're, we'll, we'll, uh, when we, as this is 2.0, we'll call it a wagering process and we're not going to go back and rename and renumber everything. The history is the history. Next up, I would write, have a bankroll of money you can afford to lose that is larger than needed for the game, unit size, and wagering process you intend to use. That's better. Larger than needed is much better than large enough. That's what I originally said. I originally said a bankroll of money you can afford to lose that is large enough for the wagers you choose to make. This is much better. And as we've seen, bankroll calculations are different for Baccarat, Craps, and Roulette as compared to Blackjack. I like the discipline of walking away with some of my initial buy-in But 10 units is really not needed if you're going to walk away after losing 7 or 8 in many, many games. And we have also seen that you need to have a much larger bankroll if you are going to use TRG Wagering System 3, the Meta Martingale, and that the calculation becomes a little bit different. So that's a better way to say that. Have a bankroll of money you can afford to lose that is larger than needed for the game, unit size, and wagering process you intend to use. The next one was get a player's card. 
and that's fine. It fills in the all of the things related to reward systems. It's it's a, a placeholder for a lot of ideas, and it's a simple thing to tell someone who doesn't understand all of this. Get a player's card and always use it. That advice gets given online to uninformed, uneducated, unknowledgeable beginners all the time, and it's so very important. But I would say it this way now. Get and use a player's card for every casino where you play and look for ways to upgrade that card by way of tier matches with reward systems for other casinos, hotel chains, and cruise lines. Much better, much more educated, much more accurate. It conveys a lot more information. I like that better. The next core concept in Core Concepts 2.0, have the discipline to win a small set amount of money and leave, or lose a small set amount and leave. And that could be leave the table or leave the building, depending on factors of time and distance. In the end, try to win over the long run, the month, the quarter, or the year, not the machine, the table, or the day. If you have losses in the long run, make up those losses with comps and gifts from the casino. Version 2 isn't as much a rewrite as it is more a more accurate revision. The core concepts have, I think, stood the test of time well. We have come back to them over and over and over and talked about them in different ways and applied them in different ways. And indeed, they have demonstrated that they are the foundational ideas for winning the game of casino gambling. They hold up well. I might have said them a bit differently with the benefit of three years of experience, but I still think they all belong there, and I am still not sure what other core concept I would add. Our next segment is A Moment of Casino Wisdom. Casino wisdoms combine knowledge or information about how casinos work or gamblers behave in a casino with an action or actions to be taken in certain situations. And I wanted to talk today about the most important of the casino wisdoms, casino wisdom number 99. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your gambling. Truer words have never been spoken. In my experience, gamblers tend to recall the great wins in great detail and the losses tend to be remembered as being smaller and smaller over time. This wisdom addresses that gambler behavior. If we are going to gamble for a profit, not for entertainment, we need to treat gambling as a business, and businesses keep good records of what happens financially. And we need to do that while we are in the casino. It is very much like, before we put the boxes on the truck, we gotta count the inventory. Now, all this can be as simple as keeping gambling money separate from other money. Wow, I just said that three years ago. Uh, But it can be that simple. And counting the gambling money and noting the total when you enter and counting again when you leave to determine what was won or lost or spent. It's a very, very simple form of knowing your numbers so you know your gambling results. That can be a notebook, a ledger, a spreadsheet. It can be an email that you send to yourself, even a combination of all of the above. As you know, if you have listened to a few episodes, I record detailed notes into my phone in the casino and that builds a monthly spreadsheet that I review and share with all of you at the end of the month. What I wanted to share today is how I know those numbers are as correct and accurate as I can make them and how I use procedures similar to the casino's own procedures to verify my information and my numbers. And I realized this somewhat uh, a while back. I was talking to my uh, my dealer friend, El Tigre, and we were having this conversation as the casino was bringing more chips to the table. And if you haven't seen this, when there more chips are needed at the table, a pit boss fills out a slip and submits it or calls it in to let them know we need this many more green chips, this many more red chips, this many this and this many that. And then those chips go in racks. And then those racks go in a box with a plastic top. And that box is brought to the table by a security guard, security officer, perhaps that's a better word. A member of the security team brings that box, that clear box, so no funny stuff can happen, gets put on the table by the security person, and then not opened or touched until a pit boss is available. And then the chips are brought out and they are stacked to make sure the stacks are all the correct size, that each stack has the right number of chips. And then a multi-part form is used 
to compare what was ordered versus what was put in the box for each denomination of chip, and only when the pit boss and the dealer agree that the physical chips match the numbers on the paper, only then do they both initial, sign, and put their employee number on the form, and then one copy of the form is pulled off and dropped into the lockbox so that it can all be reviewed later. What I didn't know, what El Tigre told me, was that by the time those chips get to the table, the paperwork and the number of chips have been checked several times, always by more than one person, in much the same way. And I'm paraphrasing what he said a little bit. We were having this conversation over a period of time as we were playing, but apparently when the chips leave the storage vault, when they're getting ready to leave, before that happens, the paperwork and chip totals are verified by two people who initial and sign, and a piece of paper is stored in a locked box in the locked vault before the case of chips is, headed, is handed to the security guard. This process is then repeated before the security guard enters the public part of the casino. And of course, as I described, the pit boss and the dealer repeat the process before their chips are placed in the rack. Multiple times, written numbers compared to physical chips, compared to physical reality, and confirmed and documented by multiple people. And I don't obviously use a two-person system, but I do use a number of very similar procedures. Before I enter the casino, I count the cash I'm taking in to make sure it matches what I thought I left the house with or what I thought I had the night before. I'm not trusting my thoughts. I am counting the physical cash and making a note of the amount involved. Usually it's just a notepad entry in my phone. When I finish at a table, I count the chips I walked away with and enter the amount won or lost into the app on my phone. And while it doesn't happen very often, it is not uncommon for me to stand up thinking I have won 9.5 units only to discover when I count the chips that it was actually 8 units or 11 units or something close but not right. Chips do get stacked incorrectly by me from time to time over the course of play. And this recount away from the table, and I usually just step a couple tables away, there's something closed uh, nearby, or I step over by the by the, the the restrooms or the soda machine or or what have you. If I'm gambling locally, I may play several tables, both bubble craps and blackjack, as well as having some type of slot play. So when I finish, I usually stop at the bar. Usually my current process, first drink of the day, is there when I know I'm done, and I write down all the numbers from my app on a napkin with a pen, and I take the calculator in my phone, and I do the math. Then I count all of the chips and all of the money that I have on me and make sure the records in the spreadsheet match the physical reality in front of me. I think you can see the similarities there. And data entry errors are often caught and corrected at this point. Often I have to back up and go, wait, why... Why isn't this all matching? Oh, yeah, this isn't matching because reason X, right? And then we correct things. And notice that I am not trusting my spreadsheet to do the math correctly. I am writing down the numbers as if it was a fourth or fifth grade math problem. I don't know, when do we teach subtraction and addition with negative numbers? Anyway, whatever grade that is, I'm not trusting the spreadsheet is right because the spreadsheet could have an error in it or could make a mistake or any number of things, I write down the numbers as if it was a math problem and then use a calculator to solve the math problem and confirm the numbers in the spreadsheet are correct. And then I check those numbers against the actual chips and cash on hand. Only when I am sure the numbers are correct do I put everything away and enjoy my beverage and head to the cage to cash out. Casino trips, something other than just my local casino, add another review. Often as we are getting ready to leave and packing up, Mrs. TRG will see me sitting at the desk in the hotel room. Money stacked in piles, pockets in the vest open to be sure they are empty, spreadsheet open on the computer, etc. And she will say, did we win what we thought we won? And I'll often say, we won amount X, and sometimes it's not what we thought. That is the point. You know, we are adults 
running around a casino playing lots of different things. Sometimes she gets annoyed with blackjack and she goes and plays a slot machine. Sometimes she's doing something outside the casino and I'm playing bubble craps. Drinks are being consumed. Data is being entered. Sometimes we get to the end of a couple nights of gambling and we realize that we thought we won X or we thought we won an amount and we won something slightly different. And that's not a big deal. That's why we do this. But that's why I say we won X and my pockets, the cash and the spreadsheet all match, right? Notice that piece to the puzzle. I am actually comparing spreadsheet, my pockets, physical, the cash, physical, and the spreadsheet. I am checking multiple things against each other to be as accurate as possible, to make sure I know my numbers. For me, Casino Wisdom number 99 means more than just recording wins, losses, and money spent. It means using a set of procedures to review the data entered and compare it to physical reality so that I do know my numbers and therefore know my gambling results. An excellent casino wisdom. All right, I've got some results for you and I'm going to share those next. All right, all right, all right. Let's dig into two weeks of gambling to start a new month and a new fiscal year. It is a new day. Yes, it is. I'm just going to pull up the spreadsheets and go through the highlights and see what we see here. Assume if you're the first, if this is your first time here and you've heard about these core concepts and you've heard about comps and gifts, almost every time I visit one of my local casinos, either my local casino or the horse track with the slot machines. I am doing so, one, because I want to make money, but also because they're going to give me free bets, which is money to play, money to gamble with, free slot play, again, money to gamble with, comps, a gift, a gift card to a big box store, something. I'm going to be given something each visit almost Every single time I walk through the door of one of the casinos that I frequent regularly. I'm not saying Las Vegas. I'm not saying Atlantic City. I also get those same things there, but not necessarily every single day. I've got the local stuff down to a science. And we had some really fun stuff, some really fun and important stuff that's happened here. And I kind of forget. That's right. So I walk into the horse track because I'm going to have some free slot play. And I go to the kiosk and I swipe my card to see if there's anything I need to do there. Maybe some, you know, piece I need to move on a board for some future benefit or what have you. And there's a tile there, one of those things you touch on a touch screen. And it says, you've been rewarded or something of that nature. Don't know what exactly it's supposed to mean. So I tap on it and digital fireworks occur. And they inform me that they have increased my tier status from tier three in their system to tier four in their system. I am now at the their kind of best tier, other than their secret tier five that's only 100 people or something like that. Most brands have that as well. But I'm at their top normal tier. And the crazy part about this is I still don't understand why. Because we're not even halfway through the earning period yet. I am on path. I'm on course to probably have earned this tier like the first or second week in December. It was going to be close. I was going to consider, was it worth it gambling a little more or a little bigger? But I was just barely going to earn this tier and maybe, maybe not. And in many ways, I don't care because the third tier gets me free parking. The third tier gets me some monthly gifts. I'm not super, super concerned about whether I got that fourth tier or not. I'm just surprised. I am at like 80,000 points and you need 200,000 points to earn this tier. Might or might not have made it. And they're basically giving it to me as a reward. Now, the crazy part is that I then went from there down from the horse track to my local full service casino because on that day, tier three players got a watch and tier four players got a better watch. So because I happened to randomly start at the horse track, I walk in at tier four and they promptly give me a better watch. They promptly give me something more than they were intending to because they gave me something else. Now, I will share that I have heard a number of people, 
Actually, let me back up. The crazy part, the crazier part, is that they didn't just give me this. A host actually called me and left a voicemail, because I didn't pick up, didn't know who it was, and said, hey, I just want you to know, next time you stop by the casino, we're going to move you up to the fourth tier, and don't forget that gets you a $200 celebration dinner comp that you can use anytime you want, and you get a trip to Atlantis. And so I went, cool, Mrs. TRG is now retired. That probably means after hurricane season, we will go to Atlantis. So they went out of their way to make sure I knew. They actually followed that up with an email a few days later to make sure I knew that they had moved me up. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but there must be some, they must be wanting to change player behavior in some ways. The only thing I can rationalize, because I talked to other people, uh, there was a, a lady sitting at the one bar and she walked up and she asked the bartender if he could explain what moving up to the third tier meant. She had never been a third tier guest. She didn't know what she got. And of course the bartender said, you probably are going to get a better answer from the guy two stools down. He really understands this stuff better than I do. And we talked, she didn't, she'd never earned tier three. I've earned tier three and tier four many, many times at this casino. I have a pretty good sense of the differences in all of them. So a lot of people got moved up and people like Gabriel that already accomplished tier four are less than pleased that a whole bunch of people got for nothing what they had to put money at risk and earn. They're not exactly happy, but it's a pretty, a pretty, uh, a pretty neat thing. Comes with some neat benefits. Comes with a, a potential trip comp. Comes with a nice food comp. Lets me park in some better parking spots. Very happy that they were generous like that. But it was certainly a surprise. I've never heard of any brand doing that in the past. Just randomly moving swaths of people up to a tier they have not earned because. Perks come with that. They gave away a lot of trips to Atlantis and a lot of $200 dinners by doing that. They gave away a lot of free parking by doing that. Also, a really cool gift in this two-week period, and this is in addition to the watch, they also gave me a mini Nintendo Anniversary Edition. It looks like the original Nintendo Entertainment System from the, uh, the late 80s, early 90s, but they have in it all 620 games ever released for that game system. It's not very big. Miniaturization in the modern era is an amazing thing, but it's a really cool, neat little thing to have. It takes me back to before I had kids. I've always been a bit of a gamer in the video game sense. It takes me back to before I had kids and would sit around and we'd play Super Mario Brothers and things like that. So a neat little addition to, to my gaming equipment and... That, as I said, is in addition to the very nice watch that they gave me. So a couple neat gifts there worth highlighting. Did not realize it. Gotta, gotta apologize. I'd forgotten about this. I uh, should have called this maybe a travel segment. Mrs. TRG and I did actually take a trip in this two-week period. Mrs. TRG is, was bored. She is enjoying her newfound freedom by virtue of the fact that she is retired. She appreciates a nice swimming pool to enjoy in the summer. And so I made a quick, uh, sent a quick text and Bubba down at Casino One was more than happy to comp us two nights. It is really, when I talk about living a casino lifestyle, let me stop. Let me divert from what I thought I was going to talk about. When I talk about living a casino lifestyle, this is what I mean. Deciding on a Tuesday that we'd like to spend Thursday and Friday night at a resort with an indoor pool and an outdoor pool and a hot tub and a spa and some restaurants and and casino games. And you just send a text message and they're like, oh yeah, absolutely, sure, come on. We'd love to have you. We'd appreciate having you come down. And that's great. It's great to be able to just take a mini vacation that would cost a couple days pay for free. That's wonderful. But what I want to highlight here and what I'd not planned to talk about, but what I want to highlight here is something that I think about fairly regularly that I don't think I share with you often enough. You see, whether we are in our home on that Friday morning and Saturday morning, because we stayed Thursday night and Friday night, whether we are in our home or in the resort for free, we're both going to take showers in the morning. It's going to happen. We're both going to charge our phones and our devices. It's going to happen. The difference is, and this is when, you know, a little different way to look at the casino lifestyle, which admittedly I intend to make sound luxurious, and it is, but this is practical and functional in the sense that when I shower here, 
in my home, I'm paying for the water and I'm paying for the sewer bill and I'm paying to run the lights in the bathroom and I'm paying for the electricity to charge my devices. And when we go live our lives in a resort a couple hours away, because Casino One is actually two hours south and east of our home, when we go do that, they're paying for the electricity. They're paying for the water bill. They're paying for the sewer bill. I can turn the thermostat on my air con- on my uh, home air conditioner. I can turn that thermostat to a higher than comfortable temperature, and the house is going to be fine, and I'm paying less for my electric bill. So the casino is taking a part of my daily life expenses on and taking them from me and paying those bills. And if you do that multiple times a month, you're pushing down your cost of living. If we'd have been around here, we might have gone to a Longhorn Steakhouse or we might have gone to an Applebee's or you know just your basic midline full-service restaurant. Well, we went to something very like an Applebee's for dinner on Friday night. I just printed myself a food comp before we did it and let them pay for it instead. So the casino is, in fact, taking bills from our lives and paying them and letting us have a lot of fun. Now, I got to admit that we did get beat up the first night. And the second day, I went down with Mrs. TRG for the pool to the pool for a bit. And then I just... They're, they're small casino, small resort, wonderful pool, beautiful pool. They just redid it a couple summers ago, but they didn't have any beverage service. They didn't have any menus. The sports bar nearby hadn't opened yet because it was early afternoon or yeah, early afternoon on a Friday. So with no drinks, no snacks, nothing but water and sun, I was pretty quickly bored. And Mrs. TRG enjoyed the pool for several more hours. Well, I went back in, went to work and won everything we had lost the night before and a little bit more. She joined me, said we went to dinner and then we spent the evening winning some more money. We finished the two weeks with... Some nice gifts, as I described, an increased tier status, and a bit more than seven days' pay in profit after expenses. A good, solid two weeks. Nothing to complain about there. And a good recovery from from some losing and, and managed to compensate for all that. But the last thing I want to share with you is a conversation that I had when we got back as I was sitting at the bar doing that bookkeeping routine I was telling you about earlier. So I have chips on the bar in stacks and I'm writing down numbers and I'm running my calculator and it's been a long day, a winning day, but a long day. It took me a while to get to the exit. And then when I got to the exit, the win extended itself. And that's always nice, but admittedly there'd been a rebuy in there. So there was a good bit of money, cash money involved before I got to the win. And then I won more than I usually did. So I got a lot of chips piled up there. It's a noticeable amount of money. And a lady a couple stools down comments that she hopes that's a win. And I said, yeah, about a, about a third of it probably is, is more than what I started with. I'm just really checking the math to be sure I've got everything right. I'm not exactly 100% sure yet. And she's impressed, I guess is the word I will use. And kind of wishes out, says out loud, says what she's thinking, wishes her husband could do that kind of thing. And the bartender remarks that, uh, well, I'm the guy to teach her husband. I know how to teach this. I do teach this. And that's somewhat the downside of having bartenders who know what I what I do and how I do it. And she asked about that. And we, I said, you know, I do a podcast. And I finished up the math. And we, we talked for a bit. She kept initiating the conversation. And I found out that she and her husband had moved to the city I live in because he had cancer and needed to be treated at some of the hospitals in our area. And then he went into remission, and she ended up with cancer, and she needed to be treated. And he liked to gamble, but he didn't seem to win. And she asked a lot of questions about what I do and how I do it, and I gave her the details about our podcast. I said, you know, it's a lot to take in. I'm not going to try to explain it, but I've done a podcast, there's a website, just Google this name, I'll be the first two or three pages, our podcast will be the first two or three pages, you can find everything there, we're on all the major distribution platforms, we're on Amazon, I've laid it all out, I don't charge anything for any of it unless you want to make some donations, and those are always appreciated, and we talk a little more, and I'm trying to wrap it up, and she's kind of continuing to push the conversation, and her husband kind of, I can't say it the way, her husband stumbles to the bar for a beer and tells her he's on his way to the ATM, which means he says, 
I'm getting a beer. I'm on my way to the ATM. And she reminds him that he told her he would only play with the $300 they brought with them and then leave. And then she says, you should skip the ATM and talk to this gentleman. He wins money consistently. He has a podcast that teaches gambling. The bartender told me that he's telling me the truth. And he's not going to get even. And she sighs and says, thank you. You you tried. You were willing. And then kind of says in a low voice, he won't be done until the checking account is empty later tonight. And she seemed resigned to the inevitable. Wow. Just wow, right? For, for, for us who do what we do, just sad that... He told her one thing. He had a plan coming in, or at least she believed they had a plan coming in. She was going to play some slots. He was going to play some craps. He was not. He was going to try to win. He was not going to lose more than $300. And if they lost $300, they were going to leave. They had a small set amount of money that they could afford to lose that was appropriate to the wagers they intended to make. He had some drinks. He had some more drinks. Or maybe he just had one drink and can't handle his liquor. I don't know. And he was going to the ATM... And she seemed to know that despite all the conversations they had had before, that he was going to keep doing this until he went and the checking account was empty and and he would have to stop. Now, someday I may help her husband, but he was drunk and he wasn't going to be helped that night. And I'm sorry to finish this segment with a sad and sobering lesson. And that's what it is, a lesson. But not all lessons are happy lessons. And I firmly believe in my role as teacher that I need to teach all the lessons, not just the pleasant ones. I do, however, have a fun and funny story for you in the Virtual VIP Lounge next. This one, <laughs> you, I barely believe this one and I lived it. This is one of those at-the-table stories where we get characters in the whole bit. But don't worry, it is a story with a solid lesson at the end. So if you are part of that group that prefers to skip the stories... Stick around for this story. It's funny. It's got some funny characters. There is a solid lesson at the end. And then we will, of course, finish up with the best part of the podcast, the Casino Combat theme song. Let's go have a sip and a story. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must-listen-to segment in casino podcasting, the virtual VIP lounge. Our lounge is open, and our lounge is open awesome we have the best virtual everything virtually all the time we have craft beers we have artisanal sodas we have locally bottled handcrafted pop we have still and sparkling water we have all the best adult bottles and beverages we have amazing dueling robot chefs one which sounds like the chef from the muppet show making you virtually anything you want to eat and what i hope can happen in many many cases is that you can press pause or take me on your phone up to wherever you pour your beverages and pour some type of adult beverage for yourself. I have a wonderful IPA here that a neighbor recommended and brought a couple bottles over after they had some company and said he wanted to share and said I should try them. And it is a wonderful IPA. Very, very good. So I hope you can pour something. I hope then you come back and listen to this story. One of my favorite things to do in VIP lounges in the real world is to make friends and share stories with friends, old and new. And that's what I'm going to do here today. This story has a name, but we actually need to do the name kind of at the end. Because it's a little... <laughs> um, Yeah, okay, if you don't believe all of this, I'm not going to blame you. I'm going to tell you it's true. But it transpired in a bit of a weird way. This is one of the strangest blackjack tables I've ever played. And so the first thing I need to tell you about is one of the best dealers I know at my local casino in terms of skill running a game, maintaining game pace, maintaining game order. And, uh, wow, how do I explain this one without explaining it away, without just telling you? So anyway, she has a call sign. She's had a call sign since the very beginning. Have not had a reason to use it yet. Her call sign is bye, bye, bye. Spelled like bye, bye, birdie, not like, not B-I. Let's go that way. Her call sign is bye, bye, bye. And her call sign is bye, bye, bye because of her first name and a uh, 90s movie called Friday. And if you care, you can figure that one out. So because of her first name, there are some things I don't say to her as I exit the casino and thus her call sign bye, bye, bye. Now, as great as bye, bye, bye is at running the game of blackjack, as much as she runs a wonderful table and if she does not know you, 
or you do something she doesn't like, she is a very, very strict dealer. Now, if she knows you and you're a good player, then she's just a wonderful, bright and sunny person. But she doesn't suffer fools easily. She doesn't put up with much. And if you show her you're not very good at what you do, she's going to call you out on it. Unfortunately, she believes that the house puts algorithms into the shuffling machine. And that changes the outcomes for the players. And we've talked about this a bit in the past, and I don't believe any of it. But it is her unique kind of insanity. She is absolutely convinced that they changed the program in the shuffler, and the shuffler shuffled the cards a different way, and that controls the cards she gets. So at one point, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm playing. It's just me and her. And then another gentleman comes in, and his shirt says, ain't no lie. Okay, whatever. So he has risk-reversing dementia. And we've talked about that before. That means that hands he should hit, he doesn't because he's afraid. And then the hands he shouldn't hit or shouldn't double, he does because he doesn't understand the risks involved. He's playing everything backwards. And over the course of several hands, bye-bye-bye, keeps getting 20s, natural 20. She has a 10 showing and she flips a 10. And she says she's getting 74% 20s this week. Now, I do not want to provoke her. And I do not want to confront her about something I think she's wrong about. She's an excellent dealer. And so I said, okay, well, just academically, how many 20 hands should you get? If you're getting 74% this week, is that more or less than what you should be getting? And she says it just depends on the algorithm. Okay. So we got buy, buy, buy and algorithms, and the game is somewhat controlled. And we've got a guy who has risk-reversing dementia wearing a shirt that says, ain't no lie. And a masked gentleman joins the game, and he is a poker player. And Bye 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 appears to know him and knows he's a poker player. She's asking him about his poker game and why he isn't back there playing and this and that. I don't know if this is risk-reversing dementia or just an absurd approach to blackjack by a poker player, but he doesn't double on soft hands. So he has, or doesn't even hit soft hands. So if he has ace five against a dealer's five, he's not going to take a card or not going to double. He's going to take a card. And in some cases, the one that really stands out is that he's saying he knows the cards and he knows the patterns. And this is feeding into buy by a buy's belief that there's an algorithm. So now we've got this whole conspiracy theory going on. We got one guy that doesn't know how to play. And we've got another guy who's convinced along with my dealer that they know the pattern of the cards. He even stands on a hard nine. He's got a four and a five. The dealer has a six. That should be a double. Not only doesn't he double, he stands on the hard nine against the six because he knows the pattern. But the problem is he and Bye 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 can't agree on what the pattern is. They're in conflict. And so at one point, she tells him he should do something. And he says, no, it's not the right pattern, that this and this is going to happen. And she says, no, she knows the algorithm. This and this is going to happen. So he finally gets, lets her talk him into it. And he takes a card that he should have taken. No doubt that he should have taken the card. But I just saw the guy stand on a nine against a dealer's six when there was no way he could do anything but improve his hand. And so they argue, she convinces him. She takes, she gets him to take a card, he loses, and he starts whining, uh, mitching, and moaning about the fact that she talked him into it, and she says, stop being such a big baby. A few minutes later, something else like this occurs, and she says, I told you, stop being a big baby at my table, you're just such a baby. And that's when it hits me. Only in that moment does it hit me. If we start at the player at first base, that's the player to the dealer's left. And then the next player in the middle, who's the poker player that she's calling a, a baby. And we skip me, and then we go to the dealer. We literally have, ain't no lie, baby, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Just unbelievable. This went on for a couple of hours. It was a long stretch. And here is the lesson. The very simple and very important lesson. As funny as the shirt and her call sign, which she's had for years, and her calling him a bit. As funny as all that was to me and only to me, because I wasn't sharing any of that with anyone. 
I wrote this all into the app. I wrote it all down. I made all the notes. Obviously, I've expanded it a bit here, but I made all the key notes. And the last thing says, in bold print, what did I do? Question mark. What did I do through all this bizarre behavior, algorithm, conspiracy theories, and risk-reversing dementia? Played the same as always. Smiled. Watched it. Played to everybody. And over the course of a couple tough hours, won my money and went home. Weirdest stuff ever. And that's true. It is weird. And it's funny that because of a movie, I gave her a call sign and then the dude wore a shirt. That's all you know, ironic and humorous. But it highlights the idea. See, a lot of people would have had a big negative reaction to all this. They'd have been put off by this algorithm garbage because it can't be real. They'd have been put off by the dude standing on a nine. They'd have been put off by the guy doing all kinds of stupid stuff. They'd have been convinced that it impacted their cards, their game, their play. Thanks to all of you, I'm much better now than I was three years ago. Three years ago, that might have been me a little bit. I might have said something mean and nasty and then walked away and found another table. But I didn't. I just played the same as always and smiled and watched it and was amused by it and entertained. And I was polite to everybody. And I won my money. All their weird, stupid stuff did not matter a bit. Did not impact my game one little bit. I liked the way the dealer ran the game. I didn't care about the stupidity. I was a bit amused by it. And I just professionally went about the process of getting my money and going home. Please, tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealer. If you have a host, tip your host. But don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. In 10 years, we may find out I was wrong about all of this. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening all these years. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Several grand.